Drive Time Lincoln is sponsored by Barry Law Firm. For over 50 years, Barry Law Firm has been fighting for veterans' rights. Visit BarryLawFirm.com to learn more. He's a lifelong Nebraskan, commander of the U.S. Navy SEAL team and U.S. Special Operations. He's served around the globe and now at home in Lincoln, Nebraska, speaking the truth to the state capitol. Barry Law Firm is proud to present Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, all right. We made it to Monday, December 20th. Um, I guess it's officially Christmas week. Christmas 2021. I'm excited about that. The weather's fantastic. It appears we're going to get a little spike, so if you like outdoor activities, make sure you're getting out there because you never know around here, right? It could blow in as fast as that storm blew through here. Um, Yeah, finished up uh, kind of uh, Law & Order Police Week, Crime Week last week. you know, a lot of different guests, a lot of different information. Um, I appreciate that just because sometimes I, I can feel when I'm going through the data up here, uh, you know, you feel like the Lone Ranger a little bit and you, you don't necessarily, you know, you want people to check your numbers. You want to make sure that uh, the things you're saying are factually accurate uh, so that the people of Drive Time Lincoln, the people's platform, you know, can get informed. And so enjoy doing that. Um, I'm excited today for first segment. Uh, we're going to have uh, Kathleen Kouth on. Uh, you may recall that uh, she is a, um, a moderator by trait and uh, is also kind of a, a concerned citizen and has helped the students at UNL, the University of Nebraska here in Lincoln, um, get educated on COVID as well as you know their individual rights and, and what can be done working through the, the system of the University of Nebraska. She was instrumental with the student uh, body representation of Turning Point USA of bringing uh, experts in from out of the state to talk of what I call the C3 or the candid conversations about COVID a few months back. And so we had her on the show and she talked about that. And and if you are paying attention in the news, and there's a lot going on, but uh, UNL has made some changes to their VAX and mass requirements as of right now. Um, and so she's going to give us an update on that. And I thought it was funny when I spoke with her just to get an update. Uh, <laughs> and I'll talk about the governor today. He just had a presser. But, uh, you know, I was just thinking about it. I was like, geez, you know, when I think UNL, and obviously I live here in Lincoln, and all of us Lincolnites, Lancaster County, I mean, UNL is a big part of our community. And probably for me, the the biggest thing, you know, when I think of UNL in the last semester was, oh, you didn't have to wear a mask once you got to your seat in Memorial Stadium, you know, but if you went to a volleyball game, and God love the volleyball team, by the way, um, you did have to wear your mask indoors. But then I started thinking back, and I was like, no, that's not true. I mean, we we had the CRT thing with uh, Regent Pillen, you know, a, a governor candidate, our own governor in CRT. Uh, and then I know... The current Governor Ricketts and UNL leadership are kind of going back and forth in the press about diversity, inclusion, and equal opportunity or whatever's going on there. You know, so there's been a lot of back and forth over the semester at a high level, really, with university leadership and the governor, um, as well as a, a govern, governor candidate who's also a regent. And I think that's played itself all out well. Um, but, I, you know, I was prepping for the show and thinking about that. And then I was, I was kind of giggling because I saw Governor Ricketts 
um, asked former President Trump to stay out of making any recommendations in the governor in the Republican primary. And I was laughing and I thought, geez, who's advising Governor Ricketts? Is he not aware that the commercials have been out there for months? And and that was another thing I giggled about because I was like, wow, you know, a sitting governor's endorsing this guy. And then, you know, you've got a former president endorsing this guy and just round and round politics. Um, listen, politics is part of our life, uh, but sometimes it just causes you to sit back and, and say, hmm. Um, but today... Um, the governor had a pretty interesting COVID briefing with his doctors. And um, I think what's interesting for everybody to know is uh, as of today, there were 523 uh, coronavirus patients in the hospitals statewide. And that's down from 584. That's almost a 10% drop. I'm a common person. I mean, I just look at some of these things as the ebb and flow of a virus. Uh, you know, but obviously that's a good sign. And the peak was 637. Let's hope that peak stays there. And I get frustrated when people say we're not doing anything about it. Um, listen, our high last year was 987. So we're down about 50%. We should applaud ourselves for that and continuing to live. Be thankful. It's Christmas week. Uh, 65% of our population is vaxxed. Uh, different communities, obviously in Lincoln here, we still have the mass mandate. And you know I don't like that. Uh, but the fact is, is, is we are trending in the right direction with COVID, and I will be thankful. I'm hoping on Thursday our health director here lifts our mask mandate, um, which, you know, doesn't seem to be supported by any science or data uh, anywhere, really. Um, and Governor Ricketts clearly up there, you know, talking about, you know, hospital capacity is coming back. And I think that's good. The other thing I thought was interesting, and maybe I haven't mentioned enough or I just take it for granted, but, you know, they were touting the uh, monoclonal uh, colonial antibodies, um, you know, if you can get to an infusion center. And I, all I'm going to say is I'm not a doctor, so talk with your doctor. But I just, there's been a lot of other places that have been using that, and I hope that Nebraska hospitals and doctors have been considering that for their patients because as our governor and his health directors said today you know 70 plus percent at keeping people out of hospitals if you can get in right when you get uh you know know that you're covid positive i I, hey folks i mean that's the problem right now is hospital capacity uh vast majority of people are surviving covid all right you know that's the facts so we're turning in the right direction. Uh, I want to welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln, Kathleen Kauth. Kathleen, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm good. Well, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you very much. I'm, I maybe didn't do your intro justice, but I know that you have been active in helping uh, the students of the University of Nebraska understand, you know, all the dynamics in play here, as well as their individual rights and kind of constitutional rights. And I know you've been active in helping them out. So why don't you walk me uh, kind of from the candid conversations of COVID from there, what you observed at the university and, and where you thought, you know, and, and what students were telling you they would like help with. So basically, this all started uh, in the summer when parents became aware that um, students would have to use what's called the Safer Communities app to get access to the public spaces. They were literally being told to show their papers to get into the classes that they paid for, that their taxes paid for. Um, It it was um, 
reminiscent of 1938 Germany where Jews had to show their papers to show that they could go in and do something. Students had to either be part of the vaccination uh, database or they had to get tested once a week. So if you were not on the vaccination registry, you had to get tested once a week, have it uploaded to your app so that you could go into your classes. So that's, that restricts your freedom of movement. I mean, that that is so against everything constitutional that we hold dear. Um, so we started getting very involved with that, got a lot of groups involved, got Turning Point USA, um, Young uh, Americans for Liberty, Nebraskans for Founders Values, Nebraskans Against Government Overreach. Um, we reached out to as many groups as we could and students on campus to start going to the regents' meetings, calling, emailing, talking to the regents, and asking them to get rid of this. Now, the regents, um, when we first brought it up, they were kind of like, well, you know, what else are we going to do? And, uh, you know, it's it's the chancellor's idea, and we support what the chancellor does. So the regents really were um, pretty much rubber stamps. Uh, whatever the, the chancellors wanted to do, they were fine with. Um, so we really had to push hard and draw a lot of attention to were it. They, were, this, real quick, were they kind of, was it under a guise of, you know, volunteer program? I mean, you know, yeah, meaning it, if, it, if, it, if, if a thousand students said, hey, I'm not going to do it, you know, we probably have this big lawsuit or something crazy. But they always seem to manipulate like, oh, it's kind of volunteer, you know, almost like small print when you sign up for Facebook. Well, what they said was registering in the vaccination database, that was a voluntary part of it. If you didn't do that, then you had to um, get tested once a week. So they, they had extreme levels of bribery to get into that. Sure, they had a carrot and a stick. You bet. And the stick was you're going to be inconvenienced as much as possible to force you to do something that you don't believe is right for your health just to make it easier for you. And, and I did talk to some kids who... The stuff wouldn't get uploaded in time, or they couldn't find a testing spot, um, or they simply forgot and they want, you know, went in to take a test, and all of a sudden they can't get into their classroom. So it was directly impacting kids. The saddest thing was most of the kids were like, well, we don't know what to do, and they told us we had to. They don't understand that, that they have the right to protest to the university and say, this is wrong. There's no basis. There's, vaccination does not prevent getting or transmitting COVID. There's absolutely nothing about getting that shot that protects anyone else, which was the entire rationale behind forcing people to get um, the COVID shots. So, and I, I don't call them vaccinations because of, they've changed the, the right. definition of vaccination. So these are these are gene editing shots that um, a lot of people have decided they want to wait for a few years and see the safety data. They want to see sure. what actually can happen long term. But the university engaged in this, uh, you know, kind of all or nothing. So if you don't get your shots, well, then we are going to make it un- uncomfortable for you. Um, the regents did start to listen um, after October. We, we started hearing them talking about, um, well, we're, we're kind of working on some things. Um, and then when we showed up at the December meeting, we found out that they had, um, the regents hadn't actually put forth a resolution or anything. The chancellor backed off, and, and it seemed very much like you know, it's his great idea, and he's he is going to allow them to not have to use this in the spring because you know they've done such a good job. So it was couched very much in a win for him. Like we're going to give this a try, which is why I tell people this is a little win. Um, we need to stay on top of it. So they will no longer have to show their papers to get into their buildings. Okay. Um, the Safer Communities app can be used to schedule tests if you are selected for a random test. And that is probably um, 
one of the more important but least understood things is rather than um, only testing those people who have not gotten the shot, which makes it incredibly divisive and punitive, they're doing a random sampling of a smaller amount of staff, faculty, and students um, to see if there is COVID on campus. But it's completely random and not based on whether or not you've gotten a shot. Um, so that's, that is a big win. But again, nothing has been, um, there was no resolution passed. There was no decision or vote made on it. So this can be something that they could decide, okay, people are not paying attention. We're going to reinstitute this right away. So I need the students to understand that if they try to institute this again, they don't have the right to tell you you cannot enter your public space on campus that you pay for with your tuition to take a class based on your health status, and they need to fight back. And what we need students to do is learn how to fight back and say, nope, that's not okay, and take the risk. And it is a risk. And, you know, these students have worked their entire lives, most of them, to get the grades, to get the scholarships, to work hard, to improve themselves, and then to get into college and be faced with all of these you know, they've, they've got the CRT issues, they've got um, the, the testing to get on campus, they've got showing their papers, and most of the kids are like, I just want to get this degree so I can get a good job. Right. Um, it, it's kind of cruel what they are doing to college kids. Well, I think it's, it's, a tough, uh, it's a tough period in your year, you know, that transition, because um, for the folks that do want to go on to college, right, uh, they're trying mm-hmm. to achieve, you know, education, which leads to a job. Um, you know, adults are still in charge at the colleges, so there's a level of power there. There's a level of trust, especially um, at a public institution. And so, you know, it, it can get, especially in times like now, it can get very political and you cannot yeah. understand, you know, your individual rights and, and where really to go argue those or peacefully protest, right? Because you see uh, today it would be easy to see that people are violent, get their way, opposed to the people that do the right thing and and peacefully protest and make the arguments and, you know, to say a regent's body or whatever. I think it's good the chancellor either way, uh, you know, because like I said, I, 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 I can't not think of the University of Nebraska and not think politics involved, you know, that they're able to back off. But at the same time, you know, it, it'll be good to see because it appears it appears down here in Lincoln um, and I think most of the state that we're turning. I want to say a corner, but see, in my mind, I've already got coronavirus acting like the flu where it will spike and it will go down. Exactly. And it will spike and go down. And and I'm and a, it's seasonal. Exactly. That's what I mean. And, I, and so I'm I'm more in favor of anything that starts to return to normal. So we'll just start living with it, because right. when I start to see things in national media or an article I read today where somebody's already created a microchip that can go in your body with your status, I am yeah, like, that's okay. no, that's not okay. And I see no, people, I see Lincoln doctors, you know, talking about, you know, we need to have a passport here. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. I mean, I got to be honest, uh, Kathleen, just when you say show papers at the University of Nebraska, I about have a heart attack. Yes. And, you know, that's that's something people get. And, and Barb White, who is a regent. Um, that's the one time she responded to me because I made that comparison to this is you know, what led up to World War II and the Holocaust. And she was very offended because she said she has family who died during the Holocaust. And my response to her was they would be so, so devastated to know that you can look at what's happening. If you would look at history yeah. and look at what's happening now and you are turning your back on history and we know what comes next. If you look at Australia, if you look at Germany and Austria right now, 
they are doing these very same things. I so have friends in Australia, and I can't read their oh. posts. It's so disgusting. Their freedoms have been taken away. Yeah, yeah, they they are. They have gone full Marxist totalitarianism, and that's where this leads. This is, and what I stress to people is, you know, ovens didn't pop up and start burning people right away. This was a slow progression. There, there is incrementalism that gets people used to it and then pushes a little bit further and a little bit further. You lose a little bit. You lose a little bit. You allow a little bit more to be taken away because, oh, it's just a little thing. It's not worth a fight. And I heard so many kids say, well, I guess it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's inconvenient. But, like, you don't understand. This is that slippery slope that you've heard all your life. This is actually the slope. This is how you get, you know, right into totalitarianism. Well, yeah, and I say, you know, walk the dog out. I mean, five years from now, same same type, you know, young people going to the University of Nebraska, and now all of a sudden that's just a requirement. Nobody questions it. And that's, exactly. and that's wrong, you know, especially as we see, and, again, as I always say, you know, the one thing we haven't tried in all of this is just living. I mean, this is a reality. COVID's a reality, and we have to deal with it, and there's better ways than there were a year ago to deal with it. And there's still a lot of learning going on. And unfortunately it kills people. Um, but again, you're looking at a demographic of the students. Now the teachers are in a different demographic, but um, that isn't highly susceptible to this. And, and yes, anybody can spread it vaxxed or not. And so it's kind of like, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to just look like we're doing something or are we afraid or whatever, but we're imposing totalitarian, you know, concepts into this. And that's what I have a big problem with. Right. Well, and as, as you look at it, you know, uh, with our candid covert conversations, um, we had Dr. Peter McCullough, who's one of the most well-published um, person about COVID and in general. The man has over 600 articles published. He's done over 45 articles on, on COVID. He treats patients um, at his clinic all the time. Um, he's got yeah, his credentials are absolutely insanely good but because he doesn't agree with the narrative yeah he has been absolutely slandered um canceled censored everything which quite frankly when when really well-respected physicians say hey wait i think we should look at safety data they've not done any sort of safety data studies they they don't have the thing set up to make sure that this shot is not going to hurt people. And if you look at the various data, it's hurting people all the time and thousands upon thousands of them. Yeah, so there's, I, there's a risk well, there. Yeah, there's a huge risk. I'll tell you what, I got 30 um, seconds left at the oh, end of this right. segment. Um, so w- when I hear uh, doctors say that 85% of the people who died could have been saved by early preventive or early treatment and lifestyle changes, that just that breaks my heart. We ignored those things deliberately for the pharmaceutical company. Kathleen, thanks so much for giving us your time here on Drive Time Lincoln and updating so us on what's going on at the university. Call anytime. Keep us posted. Appreciate it. All righty. Bye-bye. You bet. All right. Well, we'll break that down. We'll take callers the rest of the show. 1499.3 Drive Time Lincoln. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, we're back. We just uh, finished up a nice phone conversation with uh, Kathleen Kouth, uh, a mediator here uh, locally that uh, helps the students in the University of Nebraska understand their individual rights and and really, uh, you know, almost help them understand, you know, 
what's legal with regard to COVID and vax testing and things like that, as well as education and uh, bringing in uh, outside uh, professionals, you know, for the candid COVID conference, Turning Point USA, you know, the UNL chapter helped put that together. And, and she mentioned some other organizations. So, um, you know, what came of all of that? Um, UNL has moved back to random screening uh, this next semester as of right now. And, you know, opposed to um, either have a, you know, signed up, be part of a list of folks that can, you know, use an app to go in. And then if you don't do that, you know, you're subject to testing. Uh, you know, they've moved to a a more, you know, live your life. And uh, this is real. But at the same time, we're just going to test, you know, random folks uh, just to understand the prevalence on campus, and that certainly is a win with regard to moving back towards a normal life of dealing um, with what I believe is here and will be here forever, and that's uh, this this COVID and its multiple variants. Um, I want to go over real quick, and, and I'll talk more about some of the things uh, th- that I said about the governor with regard to COVID, uh, but but I want you to know this. Listen, uh, he and his uh, med- medical team, as well as many other experts across the nation, have been talking about uh, monoclo- clo- ah, monoclonal antibodies and their benefit. If you can get the infusions uh, right when you get COVID, you have upwards of a 70 to 76% chance of not being hospitalized. Many other states have been doing this. Um, So ask your doctor for it. I mean, look at that. You've got a huge chance of not being hospitalized. Um, We are up um, (laughs) from 300 infusions in September to about 1,400 now in Nebraska. And this is a good thing. If your doctor can't get it done, get a new doctor. Um, or go to the covid.infusioncenter.org hotline to get it done. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Law Firm on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Still here on a Monday. Um, 722 has reminded me. It is Masks Egypt. Lincoln Lancaster County day 118 and I am tongue in cheek saying that I am detainee 3101 Commander Jack Riggins host of Drive Time Lincoln Honestly though I was thinking about it maybe we should start like the old military D minus because we may be close folks um the 23rd is uh, where the current mass mandate goes to which is Thursday I, I suspect they'll have another Tuesday update tomorrow Maybe they'll drop it. Um, and obviously, I'd be in favor of that. Um, you see the uh, the governor out today in a big press conference with uh, Dr. Gary Antone um, talking about the numbers statewide. And like I said, you know, it is the Christmas season, and you've got to be thankful for something. You've got to find the golden nuggets. Um, you know, COVID hospitalizations went down 10% suddenly, you know down to 523 from 584 that could just be the normal kind of ebb and flow of um seasonal covid which i think you know if experts aren't saying it yet they will eventually but i'll say it you know that's how i've looked at covid that's what makes sense to me you've got to make sense of things but that's really good 
Um, the governor was out there in, in his medical votes talking about it. And again, that's down from last year's high of 987. That's almost a 50% decrease. So when you look at Nebraska's 65% vax rate um, and the fact that we're just 1% above kind of our ICU, um, you know, where we've got to maybe think about changing electives and stuff like that. You know, that that's good as we get close to the end of the year. So we're trending in the right direction. I think that's all very positive. The other thing I was really happy to see uh, from the governor and Dr. Anton was talking about, you know, monoclonal. I have the worst time with that word. Monoclonal antibodies. I guess I just have to say it. Uh, slower, but I think if you've been looking for information on what to do about COVID over the year, um, you you've seen or heard of the effectiveness. I'm not a doctor, once again, so ask your doctor. But I am just telling you what I've read. You know what went to the front of my head with my family in thinking of this. And I know, talking with nurses and doctors uh, back in the early fall, that this was something some of the hospitals were starting to consider and and may have been doing. Uh, What's nice now is that, um, you know, we have infusion centers and, you know, you are getting um, political leaders to talk about this. And I I just want to read it to you. So we're doing about 1,400 of these infusions a week, and that's up from 300 back in September. Why is that important? Because getting this done right when you get COVID, right, this infusion is 70 to 76% effective of keeping you out of the hospital. Okay? 70 to 76% effective of keeping you out of the hospital. And so this is why you're hearing from other states and other places that have been very aggressive with this infusion immediately upon hearing of COVID, that they're having success. Now, what's disconcerting is uh, we have been able to get an extra 600 to 800 allocations per week on top of the 800 to 900 we normally get from the federal government. And I'm not going to go there, but I just will see, why would the federal government not be pumping this out left and right if, in fact, they're controlling it? Right. If you have something that's has a 70 to 76 percent effective rate of keeping people out of the hospitals that get covid. Why wouldn't we be pumping this out as fast as the vaccine? Okay, I don't know, Um, but literally I am going to quote our governor. Um, Go to your doctor. Ask for it. If Your doctor won't give you the treatment. Ask for a new doctor. Um, and the state has a hotline. Okay, so you're not dead. Call the state hotline, 531-249-1873. Or go to their website, covid.infusioncenter.org, and they can link you to one of the 86 sites across the state where you can get the treatment. Kathleen Couth, our last guest, talking about, you know, the candid conversations with COVID at UNL and helping... F- the students fight for their individual rights and eventually getting to where now the university has changed its policy to just have random testing opposed to, you know, mandatory sign up for an app. And if you don't do that, then, you know, they're going to test you. 
you know, that's that's a victory for people that, you know, believe in individual rights and in our American rights. Um, the other part that she said that I thought was interesting was the one thing, you know, the government or the, you know, the people in power, the national media hasn't been talking about is things like monoclonal antibodies. I mean, you've had to find it on the Internet. Uh, I probably first came across it because of his success in Florida. But, I mean, let's be honest, folks. You felt like conspiracy theorists trying to, you know, find potential not only treatments, but also, you know, pre-treatments or other things we always do for illnesses and injuries. (laughs) You know, I use American frontline doctors, you know, and kind of their zinc Vitamin D, vitamin C protocols. You know, we we always have found ways to, you know, pre-treat or preventative, and then if we get sick. Uh, but it just, this mass surge with COVID hasn't always been that way. And so it's nice to see, in our case, you know, Governor Ricketts and his team coming out and reinforcing that it's, you know, it's not just the vaccine. That's a way of preventative care, right? But there's other things. And so I highly encourage you to research for yourself monoclonal antibodies, the infusion. Know that we have them here in the state of Nebraska. Know that if you get COVID and you get that, that infusion, you have a 70 to 76% chance of not going to the hospital. Okay? Look up. You know, if, if if you can't go anywhere, go to American Frontline Doctors and, and look at the protocols that they've discussed, you know, for, you know, just general health and, and, and what I'll call pre-treatment. I mean, you buy this stuff in any store. Um, that's how we treat everything, folks. We always have. And for those of you that, you know, beat me up about follow the science, follow the science, and, you know, especially the folks in the public health arena, you always like to show like a piece of cheese and say that, you know, there's so many layers, you know, to health. You're right. I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay. But masks and vaccine are only two. And they're clearly not the end all be all. Uh, What isn't being put out there from public health officials when they talk about, you know, the 12 layers of security for public health is preventative right keep yourself healthy look at these supplements that you can buy at every store that you can be taking again i found it at american frontline doctors right i stumbled upon monoclonal antibodies you know i think president trump got those when he got covid but i mean it started to get really kind of out there meaning on the internet uh for me with florida you know starting the infusion centers and so the nice thing is is we are up from only doing about 300 in September in Nebraska to 1,400. Okay, so this is part of a continuum of treatment which can help us all in COVID. And I think it's important you know. And I hope that, you know, in the end, um, I'm going to be a realist. You know, we're probably going to be lucky if our numbers are 523 right now. That's down 50% from last year. Uh, science, preventative, antibodies, all this stuff, you know, maybe we'll be down only to 200 next year. That's the reality. Uh, For folks that 
believe if you, you know, wear a mask and get vaccinated, it'll just go away. If you're like some of the folks I talk to who think it's just going to disappear off the planet, um, you know, you're, you're going to be a very sad person when it's here, you know, probably in the late spring and again next fall. Um, but we are making strides, and I'm appreciative about that. But really, uh, for my audience, if you haven't, go check out, research yourself, you know, the preventatives, things you can buy. Like I said, uh, I use American Frontline Doctors and look at that. Um, now the state is coming out and really talking about uh, monoclonal antibodies. And I just, I mean, how can you disagree with some of that information. The the key I would like to say is, did you even know that was out there? Um, you know, uh, you know, I question people right here in Lincoln and Lancaster County of why the hospitals weren't pumping that stuff right away. Um, even though a lot of people that worked at the hospitals understood the numbers that I'm telling you. You know, interesting world. Interesting world. Well, because it's an interesting world, Accidents happen, injuries happen, and that's why you need to uh, have the number of somebody like Barry Law has been in practice since 1965. You can call him at 402-235-6953. Because car accidents happen, slip and falls happen, we start to get icy here even though we've had great weather, it can happen. You know, a catastrophic injury at work, any type of, you know, construction injury, or, God forbid, a wrongful death, um, you're going to go to court. You're going to deal with the insurance companies. You're going to deal with, you know, major conglomerates. And they have powerful lawyers. And so you need a team that can help you fight back. And that's Barry Law. They put an entire group of lawyers on your case with one goal. And that is to win and get you what you deserve. Make an appointment at jsberrylaw.com or call them at 402-235-6953. All right, a few minutes left in the show, maybe seven minutes airtime. Hotline's always open, Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. So that was good. I mean, obviously, I'm giving the, the governor and his team some kudos. I am, yes, I am trying to say it over and over, hoping that Pat Lopez and Lincoln Lancaster Health Department hears me, um, as it seems like I'm the only voice in media that talks out about um, alternate thought on the mask. And I will hope that either tomorrow or Thursday we get a Christmas wish and we're not wearing masks anymore. Not because I just came up with that and I'm crazy or, you know, I just feel, oh, you know, it's my individual right. No, the numbers don't bear out. The numbers don't bear out. Um and I'll hope for that. It's a Christmas wish from the commander. Hello? I do think it's funny. Again, I kind of laughed because I've, I've noticed uh, Trump ads for a certain candidate for governor. And, um, and I just kind of giggle because politics sometimes makes me laugh. Uh, while our current governor is saying he wishes President Trump didn't endorse anybody for the primary. I don't know how long the endorsement's been going on, uh, but it's been going on. And I have to admit, I thought the same thing. I thought, wow, this is really weird in my state. You know, I've got a sitting governor who's done a great job endorsing a candidate. And then I've got a former president who did a great job uh, endorsing another candidate. I was like, woo-wee, we're in for a heck of a primary. Um, So I guess that's just politics. (laughs) Without a doubt, I guess that's just politics. 
And, you know, I think there's definitely... there's definitely things when it comes to being a warfighter, as I was for 20 years, <laughs> that I'll just never, ever understand about politics or Washington, D.C. Now, having said that, I believe all politics are local. I think if you want to make change or you, you want to feel the impacts, it's done here locally. And, uh, and I, I think that bears out if you really think about it uh, of what you feel. Oh, we've got a caller. Well, let's, uh, let's take a caller on line one. Doctor. Yeah. Hello. Welcome Amanda. to Drive Time Lincoln. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm on my way, just left the hospital here and just happened to turn on your station. I listen to it uh, typically in the morning when I go and, and a little bit here in the evening. But, um, you know, I just wanted to clarify when you talk about the preventive treatments like monoclonal antibodies, it has been months that we've been promoting and putting this out. I know you tout Florida, but we were already doing this at the same time as Florida with education, including one of the mayor's press conferences. If you go back and look at the archives, I, I can't, I don't even know. That's probably over two, three months ago. Well, I was just so touting that we're up, for, up from 300 in September to 1400 now. So obviously a great job increasing that. Yeah. But when you say you can't find it or hear about it, I mean... That, that's clearly been out there and messaged, you know, ac- across the, the, the board. So, I, I mean, I feel like if people aren't seeing that or hearing it, they're not listening or looking in the, in the right places, and the hospitals have done a great job of having that available. Now, there's some criteria, so it, it isn't quite as easy if you're a healthy person who, you know, gets COVID without something that predicts you'll progress you you not everybody can get monoclonal antibodies you know based on the 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 eua so so it isn't necessarily for everybody and i would also say some of these you know preventative things because i agree prevention is the best strategy and the best proven prevention is vaccination so monoclonal antibodies zinc vitamin d you know certainly ivermectin all this bs are not nearly as protective as the vaccination and, uh, I, and, and I'm so not saying that, about- and I, I appreciate you also educating us from your experience. Yeah, so, so I mean, I'm saying that's how it seems to come off sometimes. And, and yes, it's a personal choice to get a vaccination, but you're kidding yourself if you think alternative um, things, uh, you know, they don't reach the 96 percentile prevention strategy of, of uh, or, or threshold of preventing hospitalization and serious illness. Even the monoclonal antibodies, great tool, uh, but but they're not as effective as a preventive strategy of getting vaccinated. Hey, I appreciate the call. Good call. Good call. Thank you. All right. uh, We'll come back for a short end to Drive Time Lincoln 1499.3. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 1499.3 KLIS. All right. Um, good day. Uh, appreciate the call from um, Dr. Kevin. Um, if he wants me to lose, use his last name, you can call back in and let me know. But uh, I, I think that that's what I want this show to be about, is calls like that. Um, first of all, I, I'm not saying that the VAX isn't effective. I'm 
in favor of people who want to get the vax to get the vax. Um, and maybe I come across that way. I don't intend to. I, I've said that many, many times. Um, I do believe it's a choice, though. And as I discussed before, um, yes, I, I mean, I was noting where I personally heard of it. Um, I don't know. You would have to call me, Lincoln and Lancaster County, and let me know what you know about monoclonal antibodies. Uh, I just know from the governor's statement that we are up from 300 back in September yeah. to doing about 1,400 a week, and I think that's good. Um, and it is part of the initial treatment that can be done. Again, you have to research yourself and you have to talk to your doctor. I'm reporting on the governor and what him and his team said today. I also, I would disagree with Dr. Kevin in saying that there's a lot of information out there for supplements. I'm not saying that's the only thing. I'm not saying that replaces a vaccine. I'm saying a full circular approach that you, that you get to make Right, with your doctor or without your doctor. It's your choice. 1499.3.